Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me via the Zoom studio is certified peered specialist, Varum Visan. Varum, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having I'm, me. I'm living the dream, man. And I know I asked how to pronounce your name and I still messed it up in the intro. So I'm going to apologize and we're going to move on. You're good, man. You you doubted yourself. That's all it was. You had it the first time. I know. I know. And whenever I second guess, that's when I have to go back and edit. I mean, correct myself. I mean, not edit. But anyway, <laughs> Baram, thank you Uncensored. so much. Uncensored. Uncensored. Yes. I don't, you know, it's funny. During our pre-show, he asked us, Varam asked us, you know, asked us a little bit about our show. And, you know, MF Uncensored really was not only the topical genre, like being uncensored and not holding back. It's also because I hate editing. So it's my excuse to not edit as much. That's great. That's great. Editing has been a problem for me as well. So I understand. Yeah. And then suddenly now the video stuff, I can't. I just I just throw it all on YouTube and hope for the best at this point. Fair enough. But Varam, your story is, it's an interesting one. It's about resilience and transformation. And can you set the stage for our listeners and describe your journey thus far? Oh, man, I can give you bullet points because otherwise we'd be here all day. Yeah, thanks. So I come from a a rocky background, a turbulent background, uh, one that started as a promising young lad you know, and then there was sort of unfulfilled and we'll say forgotten, unfulfilled and forgotten promises that I made to myself. And I kind of became lost and became a journey of finding myself, finding meaning. And it led me down a dark path into drug addiction i'm not even gonna say drug addiction just addiction and across the board i mean Mm -hmm. name it name it and i was addicted to it you know and i i had a a particular taste for opioids and 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 heroin and over 15 years of of here and there and then 10 years of active opioid addiction i came out on the other end and I mean, granted, there was a lot of catalysts that, you know, really got me there and they are saddening to say the least, but they, some people would call them rock bottoms. I don't necessarily believe in the traditional rock bottom. So catalyst is is a better terminology, I think. And I come out on the other end as a peer specialist, I stumbled into this field that is at the very least adjacent to behavioral health and was able to give back. And three years I've been in that field and I'm still a certified peer specialist. Although now I'm back in sales because it makes more money, but I I really liked that. I was able to give back for a few years and sort of pay my dues and yeah. And then now I'm kind of doing my own thing. 
See, I love that, you know, words have a lot of power to them and ideas have more power if you change the way that they sound. I I agree with you. Instead of calling rock bottom, rock bottom, because that's what a lot of people do. They say you got to hit rock bottom. Like mm-hmm. I, I always, you know, dealing with my own personal issues, I always know there's more rock bottom. <laughs> there's way more. There's only one rock bottom and it's six feet under, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's why I believe what I said earlier about there's it's more of a myth. And I have a video that I have written, but it's not recorded that I plan to release about that very topic. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear it or see it, hear it, see it and read it. I don't know (laughs) all of it. But I do like the fact that changing the word into something like catalyst, it gives you the opportunity to grow from it. And it gives you almost like, I want to say like a challenge, like, you know, a catalyst can mean anything. It can be something good. It can be something bad. It's all about how you respond to it. So what were your initial steps to, to, getting yourself back to where you were so initial steps were i was still in in the midst of it initial steps i was still in active addiction and thinking to myself how i wanted a different life how i wanted to be better and i knew that i deserved better and i could be better i was the one holding myself back that led i mean that plus being having this lifestyle brings you to do things you don't always want to do right and so i do have a criminal background and i did do some jail time i did do some court ordered rehab time and those i would say are the initial steps Mm -hmm. there's this sort of deep psychology of acting out you know and lowered inhibitions that are tied into um sealing your deal right so i'm in the midst of drug addiction and i'm feeling all kinds of pity for myself and i'm miserable feeling bad physically emotionally spiritually just bad and i'm i'm using drugs to feel better mm-hmm. i'm i started doing crimes to to get high to pay for that habit and Somewhere deep down, I know that if I continue this, law of averages is going to bring me closer and closer to getting caught. And somewhere deeper than that, I was like, okay, that's just going to be an exit. So go ahead, you know? So that angel and devil, they're they're arguing, and the devil's like, yeah, just keep stealing, keep keep making money, you know, in, in illegitimate ways. And then the angel's like, okay. Do it then, because that's our exit out. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep getting in trouble, and you're going to get yourself in jail, and then you can get yourself out. So there was really some some deep psychology with that, and I I just explored it. I I gambled it, and I kind of was cognizant of it, you know. And those were the initial steps. That's wild, man. That's like that's like a hell of a story. Just just to start our conversation, like. So you go, you go to prison, unfortunately, and uh, court ordered rehab, you get out. What were your first steps? Like, what did you have a plan? Did you have like an idea of what you wanted to do? Or did you just happen to come upon something? A lot of my life has been uh, trial by fire and, mm-hmm. and just walking into it and, and winging it by the whim, whatever. I did have a plan, though. I'm not going to act like I didn't have a strategy, but I, I'm, more, I'm kind of an all or nothing guy where every time I would get out of jail or I would be another overused 
sort of cliche is clean slate, right? It's like the it's like the answer to your rock bottom is a clean slate. And every time that I would have this proverbial clean slate, it was like if I couldn't have it the way I really wanted it, it wasn't worth it to me. So yeah, and that's a that's high expectations on yourself. And that that ties back into the beginning of me saying I was a a bright kid with a bright future that sort of sold myself short. And I know what I'm capable of deep down and I know what I'm what, what my possibilities are. I know what I know what my potential is. And so when I get out and I'm and I'm living in like a halfway house or a sober living house, I give myself some time to get it together. And if six months to a year go by and things are not even looking better, I give up and I give up easily. And it's not about giving up and it's not about throwing in the towel as a, as a weakness per se. It's just that I know how to get by better as a drug addict criminal, you know? And if I can't have my life the way that I want it, the way that I know that I can live it, I'm just going to wait for that. And that's sort of the attitude I had. And I say that because there was a, there was a lot of clean slates and there was a lot of tries. And it wasn't until I, you know, it wasn't until the universe sort of forced my hand that I actually had to take it seriously. And this is a lesson to be learned because if you hold high expectations on yourself, you're going to disappoint yourself. Mm -hmm. And if that's the attitude you decide to have, you're going to continue to be disappointed over and over and over again. And I had every chance to take an exit, every chance to take an exit. And I chose to keep going down that highway. And then there was a, a pile up and it was unavoidable at that point. And that pile up was 2017 for me mm -hmm. was if that, if I have a rock bottom, it's that year. So that being said, you know, that's, that may or may not be uh, a, a regular strategy or a healthy one per se, but that was my mindset coming out of jail or, or the sober living house. That was sort of the attitude I had every time. Yeah. And now you're about five years sober, correct? Pushing six. Yeah. For you, man. That, that's awesome. So like, you know, we, we've had a lot of people on, you know, who've had similar challenges and tons of conversations, you know, and you turn on the news and addiction is considered either some people say it's purely psychological. It's something that's wrong with you that you're using other things to cope. Other people are like, it's completely like your body changes and then becomes dependent on these things. I always say it's a combination of both. Like you, you start doing something for something that's going on in your brain, like something's not right. And then suddenly your body becomes totally addicted to it. Like on a much lower level, if I go a week without a drink, I'm proud of, of, of like proud of myself. Like great job. You did a good job. Have a drink. So right, yeah, it's, I'm like, that's really respectful, man. Five years pushing six. Good for you. Thank you. Did you have any challenges during the COVID time? Cause I know in our household, we were, we were drinking more. We were doing other things that we probably wouldn't have been doing if we weren't so bored, but any issues for you there? Well, once I was able to turn things around, I was able to build something of a support system, not a large one. I isolated myself through my years of addiction. So there weren't many people left. So luckily 
I found a partner that makes me happy. And so, no, it's not probably the best. I'm not saying, you know, I rely on this person, but that's just how it played out. I didn't need, I didn't even have those thoughts of maybe I should go party. Maybe I should get high to get by or whatever, because I've completely turned it around and I have a completely different mindset. So no, not really. I do believe in harm reduction. That's another strategy I suppose I could have mentioned, but it's something I didn't even know the term for until I worked into the worked in the field. And harm reduction is is simple. It's it's just the act of doing better. It's the answer to abstinence. So I don't know if you know, but for anybody listening that might not know, an example of harm reduction would be somebody who uses, I don't know, any drug. We'll just we'll just say heroin to keep it topical. Mm-hmm. And they're they're a heroin user and they use a gram a day. I don't know. I'm just using numbers here. And I'm their specialist, their peer specialist, and I'm talking to them and I'm like, hey man, I know you're not happy. How are we gonna get out of this? I don't want to stop cold turkey. I'm going to do a half a gram. Okay. I'm going to start by saying, I'm going to start doing a half, no more than a half a gram. Okay. That's your goal. This is about goal setting. And this is about proving to yourself that you can follow through on things that you promise yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's about being better. Still not healthy to be doing a half a gram of heroin a day, but it's better than a gram of heroin a day. And that might be arguable. And people in AA and NA and those who endorse abstinence are going to argue, but abstinence just isn't for everybody. So that is the answer to it. At least, well, it is an answer to it. So I practiced harm reduction. I I used other medications to get off marijuana being one of them. And I still use marijuana to this day and I have no problem with it. It doesn't, it is not a gateway drug for me. It does not make me want to continue uh, using more and more. And in fact, I, I only, when I do smoke, I'll take a hit, literally a hit. And I do it a few days a week here and there. And that's it sort of, comparable to you drinking you know you go a week without drinking and you're like all right but just if you drink more than that it's not a bad thing you know if you're drinking every day and it becomes unmanageable that's a problem but if you're drinking multiple times a week and it's not an issue and it's okay and you're you're doing it sociably there's nothing wrong with that and i don't believe there's anything wrong with using marijuana in that regard either so the furthest thing i did was use marijuana during COVID and any kind of craving at all was hushed by that because mm-hmm. it's not like cravings don't come ever. They do, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And I'm like with marijuana, I don't use it myself just because of my, the nature of my work. If you know, it's just not allowed to be in my system at all, but I've never had a problem with it. And in all honesty, like I know people that, that actively, whether it's just CBD without the THC or whether they, you know, do gummies or anything for stress relief or or back pain. I have CBD oil upstairs that I'm totally allowed to use, and I love it for my back. Like mm-hmm. marijuana got massively demonized, and that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other discussion oh, yeah. to have. But anybody who and it's like you said, you use it manageably in a way that 
only benefits and it's not hurting you or anybody else, then go for it. Like there's no harm in it. But I really like the idea of you setting tiny micro goals with people because it's like you said, abstinence doesn't work for everybody. And that's why we did a whole episode once on uh, why New Year's Eve goal, uh, resolutions are bullshit. Because basically people will be like, I'm going to make a million dollars this year or I'm going to lose weight this year. And you're like, okay, how? Well, right. and then they don't have a plan. And then when no. they don't get it, they're like, well, it doesn't work. But if I say I'm going to save $50 a week to make X amount of money, suddenly I have something very manageable, something that I can do and do well. So I really like that. And you served as a certified peer specialist, helping people using this kind of strategy. How did you actually get to that role? Like, did, did you just show up somewhere and you're like, all right, I'm ready. It, it's kind of funny. I didn't even know it existed. And I remember being in recovery and having counselors and therapists that are just so far removed and there's a huge disconnect because the closest thing they have to lived experience is oh I grew up and my father was an alcoholic and it made me want to get into this field fair enough and there's a place for people like that in the field I'm not saying they don't like have a place however it's it, it's nice to be able to have somebody on that side of the fence that understands what I'm going through. That way, when they all are saying, oh, he's bullshitting, he's bullshitting, there can be one voice in the room that's like, no, I know what he's going through. He's not bullshitting, and this is his perspective. And then they can, you know, if they're taking them seriously, which that's a whole other discussion, but they take them seriously, and they, you know, it really helps as a, in, in, in a, it builds your support team. So I <clears throat> had a person that I knew, we'll just say for reasons, and I was meeting him to, I'll just be honest, was, I was getting some marijuana from him, and he told me what he did for a living, and I was like, what is that? And he says, well, and he explains it to me, and it, my mind just exploded. I was like, please tell me how I can sign up for this. I was in a transitional period when I I moved out on my own and got my own place and kind of turned turn things around 2017. I had a very toxic relationship with this with this old friend from like elementary school that we kind of met up and it was just like, why not? Let's try this out. And it didn't work out. Very toxic. She ends up going back to her mother's house. I'm alone for the first time in forever and the other transition was the first job that I had when I moved here was a factory job and I don't have the best joints and years of active addiction do not help that so it, it was a lot of wrist movement in the in the machine that I was running and it led to me getting carpal tunnel and I ended up getting fired for an unjust reason and I was able to get unemployment. And that for me, up until that point, I had worked to survive. I take the first job I can get. That's why I got stuck working restaurants. I hated it. When I was talking earlier about living the life I wanted to, that included not working at restaurants because especially having a background, you're not allowed to be anything more than a manager. 
-hmm. You're not allowed to move up. There's no room for improvement. So you're stuck flipping burgers. And I know I'm better than that. Sorry, but I am. And it's a good job. It's a good starting job, but I'm not going to be stuck doing that for the rest of my life with no room to grow is what I mean by that. And so I, I was working a factory job when I moved into town on my own. And this for the first time for me was a moment I could breathe. And I had already been practicing with harm reduction, making these little micro goals, proving to myself that I can do it if I put my mind to it. And I told myself, I'm going to use this six months. Unemployment gives you about six months worth of, of payments to live, you know. And that's another reason she left because it was significantly less than I was making at the job and she couldn't leech off of me anymore. So it really kind of just was a perfect situation getting on unemployment. She leaves. I have time to think. I, I'm here talking with this associate of mine, and he's talking to me about his recovery, how he came to learn about it. He learned about it through his recovery he was in, through his counselor. She knew about it. She told him, and then it trickled down to me. So I said, okay, I'm going to sign up for this. State of Ohio provides this service free, free of charge. You can take these courses get this certificate free of charge. Wow. You just, there's, there's some requirements you, you, you have, you know, you got to have like a year clean. Another requirement is you're allowed to have a criminal background, but there's disqualifying charges, which like most places are violent or sexual charges. Mm -hmm. And if you have those disqualifying charges, you, you're not eligible. I, I think even for that, you can if it's been like 10 years or something extreme regardless i was eligible and got you know i used the six months to take the courses because it took me about a, a month to six weeks to get it taken care of and i used that six months to take the course and find a job and was able to start working at the end of my unemployment where I ended up going, I did not go a pay period without a paycheck, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I, it was seamless. Yeah. So it really was just uh, an interesting transition and sort of like the planets aligned. That's a, it's a really good way of putting it. And it was the first moment that I could really take a breath and make a smart decision for myself. That's awesome, man. Like just the, the whole universe just kind of, coming together in just the right way. Like a lot of people think it happens like that. Like just suddenly everything changes in one second. Like the fact that it was over a prolonged period of time. And like a lot of people would have gotten frustrated. Like you were saying before, you know, you were at a point at, at one point you were like, if it wasn't fixed in a year or so, you went back to where you were, but like you trusted it. And that's awesome. Now, do you have at least one, and you don't have to give any names or details or anything like that, but at least one really good success story as a peer counselor i have a couple i wish i had one that was just like a the home run story yeah but there was one who without naming any names was at this this job the this job and i worked as a peer specialist they had housing transitional living is what it was mm -hmm. and it was co-ed. I was the first peer specialist at that location. 
because they were a new branch of a different location and so i was the first peer specialist at this branch so it was co-ed and i was i was helping everybody my my schedule was really was really busy and it really sucked because there was a lot of people that didn't take it seriously so it's like i'm setting up all these appointments and taking it seriously and very few are reciprocating which is fine because that filters it out you know and i can yeah, i can the- help the people who want it well, there was one shining star in all of that, and he ended up sort of being like my sidekick where he was my man on the inside telling people how I was helping him, how I was benefiting him, which I was getting him out looking for work. I was getting him to uh, resources that helped him because he had to do a fresh start himself. He needed a new birth certificate social all of that i got him to the resources that helped him pay for all of that so i really helped him kind of turn those things around and and get some momentum and then he he sort of word of mouth spread the word and i was able to bring in more people and that story ends with him going on to take his peer specialist courses took some time but he went on to we, we kind of went our own, our different ways. I went on to a different job. He went back to, he went back to his hometown, but I learned through Facebook that he went and got his certificate and that's the last I heard from him. But that to me is a success story. That's awesome, man. And now you're kind of, you've been branching out a little bit more with blogging, podcasting, social media. Tell me a little bit about the shows and the stuff that you do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess a, a major dream of mine has always been to do video production of some kind. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a movie director and I have a hobby of writing. So I, I sort of, in all of this rediscovering myself, I allowed myself the space to be creative and also learned that working in the field as a peer specialist the mental health industry is not perfect and corporate america gets in the way a lot so this mixture of corporate america they what it is is they only let you do so much there's so many loopholes and there's so many extra tasks that you have to take care of as a peer specialist that's just limited face-to-face time And I think that's unfortunate. And I think they should be allowing us to get as much face time as possible. Whereas instead, they're more concerned about notes, which is funding, which is, and that's a whole other story. Like I said, we can, we can talk about corporate America and the corrosion in the mental health industry, but regardless, I got to see that from the inside of it. And I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the the solution, yep. but I don't want to be a part of the corrosion. So this is my way of sort of doing things in an adjacent manner, in a in a parallel manner where I can still help and provide, you know, my experience, my perspective, and yeah, still be able to be creative in that way. That same place I, I just mentioned that I helped that that uh, person in recovery. Mm-hmm. That was the same place that I had a huge epiphany 
about my purpose in life, which was long story short, I believe it's my purpose to provide perspective to people. I, I have a, a way with words and I have a way with storytelling that I think my purpose is to share perspective and help others see the bigger picture. So I'm bringing that to these projects. That's awesome, man. And I like that, you know, a lot of people they'll, they'll say like their gift is to change the world or I like, you know, perspective. It's something that everybody needs sometimes. And, you know, I, I really do enjoy that. And you have one of the best named shows of all time. One of my personal favorites called the odd I see. And yes. For those of you guys who are wondering why I'm so excited about it, if you know me, you know I like good wordplay, so figure it out. You guys are all smart. But why don't you tell me a little bit about your show first, and then obviously you have your community and other projects that you're working on. Sure. Thanks. The Odd I See yeah, is a uh, play on words because my life has been an adventure. My life has been a journey, and I know that I am not unique, and I know that other people have had that similar experience where it's just felt like a journey so we're here to sort of it's almost like kicking you know kicking back by like the you know by fireside or something at, you know, at a campsite or something like that you know that's what i want the field to be like and sort of you know crossing paths on our adventures and you know we cross paths at the same campsite we're kicking back telling stories right that's the feel i wanted to have because with the perspective of it all, I want to provide a platform for people to share their story and share their experience. That's the shortest, sweetest version I can give you. I want to provide a platform for others to share their story and their experience so that they can you know, say their piece, get their point across, change the world, you know, network, whatever their purpose is. I just want to provide a platform for these interesting stories. And, you know, the sort of asterisk there is all walks of life are welcome. You know, I, I want differing opinions. I really like when I have an episode with, you know, a, a life coach. The next episode is a comedian. The next episode is a paranormal investigator. And we just have we're hitting, you know, from all different cylinders. And to me, that is the greatest joy of being able to look back in a month's time and be like, I just spoke with eight different people, two per week, and so different, such a variety of, of perspective. So I want my show to be an extension of myself. I want my show to provide that perspective on the bigger macro scale, whereas I can only do so much as one person. So hopefully by inviting others, others with unique stories themselves, you know, we can accomplish that. And speaking of a community, you have one, the Vagabard community. Can you tell me a little bit about it? I can tell you that it is still in its infancy. So if people are actively looking for it and they, they're like, where is it? Well, uh, find me on Facebook because that's where we're gathering. I have a Facebook group and my name's Varim Vasand on Facebook. So the Vagabard community is all about being a creative wandering spirit. I, you know, I, it's, I like wordplay too. And I combine two of my favorite words, Vagabard 
is Vagabond and Bard. I mean, <laughs> it's the creative wandering spirit. I know that it's something that can relate to everybody, some more than others. And so I, I invite people who who have that, you know, that spirit within them to, to join the party. This is, you know, and for, and for somebody like that, it would be ignorant to say, you know, this is your home because the whole aspect is these are the people that don't feel like they have a home. These are people always on the move who always feel like they're on to bigger and better things, right? So I don't want it to feel like home per se. I want it to feel like a gathering space that is common and you can talk to like-minded people. We can be open-minded and have dialogue without ripping each other's throats out. And, you know, network, be creative, and have fun. That's the what the whole Vagabard vision is about. And I guess it's also important that I acknowledge there's three main pillars there. And the Vagabard community, you know, we're, we're very strong for, or, you know, we are very strong for standing behind mental health awareness, self-expression, and spirituality. So those three pillars alone should prove the point in a lot less words. I love it, man. So we are getting towards the end of our time, but at the end of our, towards the end of our episodes, we love to play a little game. If you are interested where I do rapid fire questions, I pick a couple of questions. I try and, you know, cater them each time. And it's literally just, I ask and you answer if you're interested in playing. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. One word to describe your journey so far, man. Uh, interesting. All right. I like it. Yeah. Interesting. What is a book or movie that deeply resonates with you? Man, I'm such a movie buff. There's so many to choose from. But honestly, it's it's been my favorite book for the longest time. I, I really like Shutter Island. I think the message behind that is, is awesome. Such a good book. Five points. That's awesome. I love that book. That book still to the end of the to like till this day, I can reread and still be surprised at the ending. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, what is one habit that changed your life? Hmm. Meditation. Very nice. I like it. I'm a big fan of meditation. And last one, what's any advice that you give to someone who's beginning, beginning their recovery journey? Baby steps. Baby steps. I like that. Little micro goals. That's my favorite phrase, micro goals. Yeah, yeah. But that was awesome, man. Thank you so much for playing. And if anybody is interested, I know you mentioned Facebook, but uh, where can people find your shows, your products, anything like that? Also, so Varen Vassan, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter. And then at Vagabard, you can find me just about anywhere, I guess. TikTok. I'm on Clapper, which is fun. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. Oh, Vagabard on, on Instagram as well. That's right. So Varen Vassand on Facebook and Twitter. Vagabard on TikTok, Clapper, and Instagram. Then our shows are on Twitch. Mm -hmm. It's twitch.tv backslash Vassand. And we go live twice a week, Monday, Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are now in the editing process. We do the shows live. And they're backlogged. And I am in the editing process. We will begin re-releasing them, the edited shorter versions on YouTube to be announced coming soon. But that will be backslash house facade. So 
that's not really, you know, that's still under, and then the website's under construction as well. So those are the two things we're working on right now. But you can find me at the, at the others I mentioned. I'm active on all of that stuff. So awesome, man. But that is going to wrap us up. Thank you so much for coming on. This was fantastic. I really found it inspiring. Thank you, man. I appreciate the, the, the chance. Thanks for having me. And if anybody who listened found some encouragement or inspiration from any of this, like there, there are a lot of people that make a lot of big changes to their lives. So it's not impossible. So if anybody's struggling. Can I say one more thing that I should have said when I was, (laughs) yeah, just a second ago, but I am another thing that's under construction is we're, we're working a more consolidated approach to coaching and I'm trying to bring a more direct coaching approach to things. It's un, you know, it is under construction. However, don't hesitate to reach out to me. If you did find any of this stuff inspiring, I would gladly give you free consultations and work with you, especially because I'm not doing any coaching yet. You know, I'm not going to have super high set prices and stuff like that. You know, and this is sort of an experimental zone for me right now. So feel free to look to reach out and I would be happy to to talk about your recovery. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Hey guys, it's Paul and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast, maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on us. That is a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service. That you're always looking to grow, and advertising is a very big part of that. If you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com/slash Misfit Faction, you guys can get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys. That's sponsorship.podbean.com/slash Misfit Faction. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was a great episode to do, and obviously, we really think that uh, Verum's message and what he does for a living is very important. And, you know, talking about addiction and talking about the road to recovery, it's not an easy topic to discuss, but we want to thank him for coming on. And also, if you guys are looking for some support, if anybody, you or anybody you know is dealing with addiction or challenges with that, make sure you guys reach out to him. He's been awesome, and he's been really great ever since. He, uh, I uh, got added to his facebook group so make sure you guys check that out but we want to thank you guys for listening if you guys want more of our content it's super easy you can go to our website themisfitfaction.com you'll find links to all of our other shows as well as our news reviews articles and of course our merch so make sure you guys check that out we're also on all the social media and if you guys are looking to get a little bit more of us you can find this entire episode in video form on our youtube channel just type in the misfit faction on youtube and you'll find that Uh, on our channel. We want to thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time.